Hey, this is Lee. I really hope you've been enjoying the Business of Marketing podcast. It's from marketers and for marketers, and my intention is to bring you value, experiences, and insights that you can use. Also, if your company would like to have their own podcast, I would love to help. The team at Content Monster specializes in B2B podcasts. So if we can help, contact me at contentmonster.com. That's contentmonster.com. Enjoy the podcast. You're listening to the Business of Marketing podcast where we have conversations with some of the most influential and thought-provoking minds in marketing, sales, and business. And here's your host, A. Lee Judge. This is a special edition of the Business of Marketing podcast. A few months back, Bernie Borges and I got together to have a LinkedIn audio event together. And we discussed effective podcast formats for both individuals and brands. It was a very insightful LinkedIn audio event, and I want to share that with you right now. Welcome, everyone. Um, let's begin with just a little bit of uh, some introductions. So, Lee, why don't you introduce yourself, give everybody a little bit of background on yourself, including your experience as a podcaster, and of course, give a shout out to your podcast show. Okay, I'll give a real condensed version of that. Uh, hello, everyone. I'm A. Lee Judge. The A is a marketing employee because my first name is Alexander, but uh, being a marketer, it has to uh, rank in Google. So the A is for Alexander, but it also helps me get page one for my own name. I have been podcasting in the current form of podcasting since about, I guess about 2015, but I also had a year, uh, about 20 years in radio as well. So uh, audio production and being behind a microphone by no means is new to me. I've done radio for a long time before I began podcasting. My current show is called The Business of Marketing. The Business of Marketing, typically we interview marketers around the industry and uh, include some celebrities like Bernie Borges have been on the podcast as well. That's the business of marketing. And unfortunately, Adweek stole my name, but I still have a better podcast than they do. So if you look up the business of marketing, maybe put my name behind it or look for the green, the green icon. And I'm also the uh, co-founder, CEO of Content Monster. Content Monster is a content production company. And so um, being a content marketer and content production, of course, having a background in radio, when podcasts began being a thing for marketing, uh, podcasting became a part of what we do at Content Monster. So that's me in a nutshell. Naturally. Did you spell Content Monster? Thank you for that, Bernie. Yes. Monster is M-O-N-S-T-A. Content M-O-N-S-T-A. Yep. I mean, you're, you're doing it all. You're, you're, you're putting the A in front of your name for SEO. You're, re <laughs> you're redefining how to spell monster. Yep. So you've got, you've got it going. You've got it going. <laughs> A is important. <laughs> so quick introduction for me. I'm Bernie Borges. Uh, I am the vice president of global content marketing for Icor. Icor is a leading business process outsourcing company. We run uh, contact centers around the world, 50 contact centers in 10 countries. And I host iCore's podcast, which is the Digitally Irresistible podcast. It's also a video podcast. And that podcast is in 63. Episode 63 is what we've put. Actually, episode 63 will publish this week, Thursday. It is about customer service. So if you're into customer service, customer experience, uh, the integration of customer experience in business, then check out the Digitally Irresistible podcast. It's available Obviously, where you get your podcast, it's also on YouTube because it's video as well. I also, because I can't get enough of podcasting, I host, also host my own personal podcast, and that podcast is the Midlife Fulfilled Podcast, and hopefully the name sort of says it all. It's all about uh, sharing stories of fulfillment by people in midlife seasons, which, by the way, for most of us starts in our 30s. So if you're thinking midlife is the midpoint of your life, you're, you're mistaken. For most of us, midlife seasons begin in our 30s. So uh, the Midlife Fulfilled podcast is all about featuring people. Lee has been on the podcast sharing his backstory uh, around uh, you know how he currently found fulfillment in his personal and professional life. So uh, you can follow Digitally Resistible at digitallyresistible.com and also the Midlife Fulfilled podcast at midlifefulfilled.com. Com, and I'll drop those links into the comments here momentarily. So Lee, with that, um, let's kind of get the, 
the party started here. Again, we're here to discuss how to leverage a podcast for B2B business development. And so the outline of topics, Lee, that you and I put together is podcasting formats, uh, recruiting the right guests, effective interviewing, how much editing is the right editing, how much is too much editing, how to promote a podcast, which could be its own dedicated session. So we want to make sure that we leave time for that. And then how do you bridge from interviewing the guest to having a prospective client conversation, which really kind of ties it all back together to the title of this whole event, how to leverage a podcast for B2B business development. And, and Lee, before we get to the effective podcasting formats, let's just, you and I put a quick, quick, quick definition of a podcast out there, because I think you and I take it for granted because we've been doing it for so long. But as you know, Lee, because we've encountered this uh, numerous times, a podcast is an audio format show, and I'm kind of putting air quotes around show, that has an RSS feed, which means that it actually is published and distributed to all the podcast channels, and anybody can subscribe to that podcast show as distinguished from just an audio-only file that you might slap on a, slap up on a website where someone can click play when they want to go and listen to that audio file. You want to elaborate on that a little bit, Lee? Interesting thing is that, um, and I had an article I wrote recently on this, in that the term podcasting, you know, for a while we we fought, we were we were very very much purist on what podcasting was in terms of exactly what Bernie just described. But as a company who produced podcasts, we kept getting requests from people who, as Bernie mentioned, didn't exactly know the definition of it and. What they would call a podcast was what they watched on YouTube. And that happened because podcasters, but of course, the, the famous Joe Rogan, podcasters who were podcasting under the definition that Bernie gave, turned their cameras on. And when they turned their cameras on, they would still continue with their regular podcast and tell their guest, welcome to my podcast. But then people would see that on YouTube and go, oh, this is a podcast that I'm watching on YouTube. And over time, a very short period of time, now there are people who, who are introduced to podcasting through video. And so we, we used to fight the term to say, no, that's not a podcast, that's a video, or it's a video of a podcast, which it, it technically is a video of a podcast. But I think we're gonna find that the definition is changing, whether we like it or not. And even, even YouTube is separating out podcasts as a category just like they're separating shorts are going to be a podcast category. So like it or not, podcast definition is going to change. It's going to be a lot more video uh, that falls under, under the definition of podcast. But, um, you know, traditionally it is an audio first format and we just have to be ready for the change because that's what's happening. Yep. And I, I want to come back to the, 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 the concept of subscribing, just like you can subscribe to a YouTube channel. A podcast is not a podcast if you can't subscribe to it. Mm -hmm. And the idea behind that is that once you have subscribed, then every time that publisher, that podcast show publishes a new episode, it's automatically on your device, whatever device you use to consume that podcast. So that's the, the key uh, differentiator there is that you can, you, you can subscribe to a podcast Again, as opposed to just putting up an audio file on a website and just saying, hey, come listen to my podcast. That's technically that's not a podcast. It's an audio file that people can go listen to, but it's not a podcast. So just want to draw that distinction. So, Lee, um, let's get into the topics here. Uh, I'm looking down at the, the people in attendance. Boy, we've got a lot of friends in the audience here. So yeah. uh, I don't want to give a shout out to everybody by name because then people that I don't name are going to feel left out, but uh, just glad everybody's here. <laughs> yeah. Effective podcasting formats. You know, I don't think there's any right or wrongly in terms of the, the kind of podcasting format that, a, that an individual or a brand chooses to go with. But, you know, the ones that I've seen to be sort of the most common formats are either a solo show where you've got a host who has an authority and the ability to host and carry a show. Like they've got something to say on a given topic. They have expertise. They're really good at, at speaking and they're just effective at, at be basically going solo. Now, that's a little more the exception than the norm, but, you know, I've seen it. And then there's the interview style format, right? I know you have an interview style format. Both the podcasts that I host, Digitally Irresistible 
and the Midlife Fulfilled podcast are both uh, interview style formats. So are there any other formats or anything else you'd like to comment on regarding those formats, Lee? Yeah, you mentioned the main two, interview, solo, then there's narrative, you know, the ones that are more story, story-like. Then there's also a combination of interview and narrative, and I call it narrative interview. Those are the ones where, uh, let's say, for example, I'm telling a story, and I say in that story, you know, to better understand what I'm saying, I spoke with Bernie Borges, and he said, and then I drop in part of our conversation. Or it could be a case where I did an interview uh, podcast, but I want to add some more color around it. In fact, even even your podcast, Bernie, Midlife Fulfilled, kind of feels that way a bit from what I listen to when I listen to the episodes because you 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 join in on the conversation outside of the conversation. You take us on an aside for a moment, give us some more color around what's going on, some description, and then go back to the conversation. So kind of a narrated interview. And then of course there's the group conversation, you know, the the radio show type where you have people sitting around the couch or in the studio having a group conversation. And I think that pretty much covers the gamut of it. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, let's talk about, uh, since probably the most popular, the most prevalent format out there, podcast format out there is the interview style. Even if there's different, as you pointed out on my midlife of podcast, I've got the interview style, but then I also do that sort of narrative commentary. Uh, let's talk about recruiting guests for your podcast, because again, I think this ties back to the, the theme of this whole event how to leverage a podcast for B2B business development. So in terms of recruiting guests for your podcast, Lee, the first thing that I want to say is that you've got to have a strategy behind your podcast. You've got to know why the podcast exists, who's the audience you're trying to reach, and um, what's the general theme of your podcast, right? So your podcast is about marketing, specifically the business of marketing, right? The two podcasts that I host, one is about customer experience. The other one's around midlife, right? So very distinct topics and we have a strategy. So therefore we have an idea of the type of people, the type of guests that we want to invite onto the podcast. And, and Lee, I don't know about you, but I actually build out a list and then I'm constantly adding to that list people that I want to invite onto the podcast. And then I go through an outreach process. So before I unpack that anymore, because I want to get your perspective, what, what's your approach to it? Yeah, I have a very specific strategy for, for my guest list for my podcast. Um, it's three main things. First of all, we started out in, epi- I think it was season two of a who's who's list or a top people list. Like in our case, it was, you know, top marketers. Uh, the podcast was originally called the business of content. So it was like the, you know, the top top content marketers to follow. Um, now it's more business and marketing. So it's also marketing and business people and salespeople, but still we go to lists like who are the top who's who, because that gives us a, an already vetted group of people who we know they have a certain amount of knowledge. They have followers, listeners, people who want to hear their information. That's the first thing. Secondly, we also look at non-competitive companies who share the same audience. So with us, we talk to other agencies, you know, we're a marketing agency. But we have, you know, friends and and partners who are also agencies and we have conversations that are aimed to benefit marketers who tend to hire agencies. So we might go kind of behind the scenes and say, hey, this is what you should or shouldn't look for. or Here's some gotchas or things that are valuable to our audience. Um, And then that kind of wraps into our third our third item is industry experts who bring value to the audience. So all three are based on. Do these people, do these guests bring value to the audience, either from a possible vendor standpoint, if they're an agency, to just another fellow marketer who has maybe gotten to a different level than they have, who can give some advice. So those are our our main go-tos for developing a guest list. Excellent. Thank you. So what I'll add to that, Lee, is that, you know, think about how a guest is helping you achieve your goal and your strategy for your podcast. So when you think about a guest that you want to invite on your podcast, is that someone that you want to build a relationship with? Is that someone that you'd actually like to do business with? Uh, One of the things that I think about is, is it someone, now this is for my midlife fulfill podcast. Is it someone 
who might have relationships in wellness brands that could be potential sponsors for my podcast. On the Digitally Irresistible podcast, I'm, I'm interested in people who are influencers in the customer experience world because they touch a lot of brands. And then we, cre we create awareness with them around the iCore brand. So I'm always thinking about what's in it for me as the podcaster. But to your point, what's, where's the value? Are you delivering value to the audience? Like that to me is like a prerequisite. Like I never <laughs> lose sight of that, right? I never would compromise that, never in a million years would compromise that. Um, but you've got to blend the two, right, Lee? You've got to be thinking not just delivering value for your audience. Yes, that's like a given, but but how does that guest contribute to your strategy? Yeah, and I'll give you a, a good example. There's someone in the audience right now, Mr. Brian Piper. He, he's a friend. He's a content marketer. He's a mm -hmm. web SEO expert. And so talking with Brian, um, first of all, I always ask my guests questions I want to know answers to. So it was give me a chance to, to, to pick Brian's uh, brain and get some information from him. But also he's someone who not only can inform me, he can inform my audience. We can also do business together, you know, because he does things that I don't do. He does things that content master doesn't do. And so if I need to learn about, you know, SEO or web practices or something I, or Google or in the last conversation we had with Brian, which was recently on the business of marketing, we talked about um, GA4, Google Analytics 4. So he was my go-to person on that. So the thing is, yes, he brought value to me. He brought value to my audience, but we can also do business together as well. So it kind of hits all, all the corners right there. So if you can find guests like that, then it, then it benefits everyone. Lee, I just listened to that episode this past weekend. <laughs> and I, I enjoyed how you were picking Brian's brain. And he, he, he was very accommodating. He was, you know, you were asking him questions about your website and, and he was very accommodating. So he was totally delivering value. Of course, Brian always does that. So that's a great example. Let's keep moving because uh, this, this hour can fly by here. The next topic on our agenda that just kind of flows is what we're calling secrets to effective interviewing. And I'll just kind of kick it off. You know, both of us have been doing interviewing for, for quite a while. I don't think I even mentioned in my introduction that I've been podcasting for almost 10 years. April 2023 will be my 10th anniversary. And I've always had a, an interview style format. And, and I would say, Lee, that the way that I approach interviewing is, first of all, it depends on the show. So I'm hosting two different podcasts. For the Digitally Resistible podcast, I do a lot of preparation on that. Uh, I do a prep call with the guest. And we map out the topics. We actually map out the, the questions. We don't script what we're going to discuss. We map out the questions. And, and I have a good understanding of where you know they're strong and where they want to go. And I'm ready for the interview. I'll always prepare for the interview. On the Midlife Fulfill podcast, I'm not preparing in the same way, but I'm asking very probing questions. And in all cases, no matter which podcast it is, the one thing that is overarching for me, Lee, in an interview is I want to make sure that the guest feels like this entire episode is featuring them. Mm -hmm. They, the guest is in the spotlight. They are the star of the episode. I'm there to showcase and feature the guest and maximize the value, the interest of their story, regardless of the context of the podcast. So I'll, I'll stop there and invite your your commentary on effective interviewing absolutely i think well my secret sauce in interviewing is that i have to be i'd like to be genuinely interested in the person i'm talking to like i have real curiosities about what they know so and i think that comes across in the podcast like when i ask a question i really want to know the answer and in fact the way i prepare i do prepare for my podcast but i don't I don't do a prep session with the person beforehand because I don't want them to know what I'm going to ask so much. But, and I don't want myself to know the answer before I ask it. I want it to be a genuine tell me now because I don't know kind of thing. Um, but when I prep for it, though, I'll go through their content, maybe their their book or their website, or their their videos, whatever. And while I'm consuming their content, naturally, questions will come to my mind. Like if they say something, I might go, why did they say that? Or why did they come up with that idea? Or, you know, how does he have a nerve to even say that thing? That becomes my question. Like, like I heard you say X, Y, Z. Where did you get that from? Or why would you even say that? Or 
I might even disagree. Like I heard you say this and I don't know if I agree with that. Please explain to me. My questions come from consuming their content and then having genuine questions that I want answers to. That's kind of the, the thing I think has worked for me the most. Yeah, I agree. The other thing that I strive for is whether the guest says it or not, I want them to at least think the following. And that is that no one's ever asked me that question before. Because if that's someone that actually does a lot of podcast guesting, then you stand out and you've created a unique experience for that individual. Yeah. And when someone says that, it just makes you glow. I mean, Seth Godin said that to me. He's like, wow, I've, I've almost never had that question asked before. He did say almost. So somebody did. But he said, I've never, almost never heard that question before. And then later on, he stopped and says, you know what, before I go any further, I want to thank you for these questions. These are some great questions. Now, given Seth may have said that to a lot of people, I don't know, but I know it made me feel good to hear that. It gave me the sense that I wasn't asking him the same canned questions that everyone else asks. And, and that's the goal. If you have a sincere curiosity in someone, then you'll have your own questions and there's a much better chance of those being unique versus, you know, the canned, how'd you get here kind of questions. Yeah. Yeah. So, Hey Lee, since you, you boasted about a guest that was a good experience, I'm going to boast about one that I had fairly recently as well. And that is on the midlife fulfill podcast. I interviewed Dan Pink. He sometimes goes by Daniel Pink. He's a New York times bestselling author. And the focus of the podcast episode that we did was on his most recent book, the power of regret. Well, not only did I read the book, but I prepared in advance several excerpts and quotes and sections from different pages in the book uh, you know that I had prepared in advance to to interview him on and he was very appreciative we had a great conversation i know he enjoyed it cuz he told me so and he does a lot of guesting so the moral of the story is where it makes sense to prepare prepare and if you don't then you know sometimes that can be a lesson learned for you yeah and, and- this is by no means me name dropping again, but <laughs> I claimed to someone that I was interviewing that I don't prepare. And what I mean, what I thought I meant at the moment was I don't do a ton of research. I don't plan for a long time. And I said this to Guy Kawasaki and, and he, he literally, if you ever heard Guy talk, he's like, that's bullshit, Lee Judge. <laughs> that's what he said to me. Yeah. But, and I was like, well, maybe he's like, you, you, the questions you asked me, you would have had to done some research. And I was like, okay, you, you got a point there. And I thought about it and I do do research. I hadn't considered it at that point research, but yeah, I do look up my, my guests and only as only long enough to get questions. If I can get five or six questions that I truly want to know the answer to, then I've done my research. That's all I need. But I will say the key is no matter how much research you do, no matter how many questions you already have canned, it is listen, listen, listen. If I have five questions and my first question, their answer mentions something in question number five, I have to immediately pivot to question number five because that shows that I, one, I listened yep. and two, I already, I already got a great question to follow up to that. Um, I've been the guest on podcasts where no matter what my answer was, they stuck to the script and it yep. wasn't even a conversation. So. Right, right. Which leads me to another point on on this topic of effective interviewing, and that is, as the host, when you're conducting an interview, remember, you're conducting an interview, which, as I said earlier, features the guests. So the last thing you want to do as a a host is kind of take over and dominate the conversation, because number one, it'll make the the guests feel like they're less important. They're going to feel like you, you just want to talk and don't really care about what they have to say. And also your listeners are not going to appreciate that either. I've had people tell me, Lee, I appreciate the fact that you're not doing a lot of talking. Your guest is doing most of the talking. Like you're there to really feature the guest. You ask them a question, you let them go. And like you said, you listen and you just keep the conversation flowing, but I never take over the conversation. I think that's another important element to interviewing. Yeah. I mean, as someone who's been interviewed by you, Bernie, I could tell you, I, I thought I needed to send you a check for therapy because you got me to talk so much <laughs> like I owed you for therapy there. But yeah, you're right. You, you listened and that makes the guests feel special. I always try to make sure that 
they know that they're the star of this episode, not me. And when I do talk, it's typically a setup for the question. It's not to show how smart I am. It's to ask them a question and share their knowledge with the audience. And so my, my talking is just to basically give some, give some background of the question and get them to thinking and give them some, a moment to think about it. But yeah, it's not about, shouldn't be about you. It should be about the guest. Yep. And Lee, just a final comment on this topic of effective interviewing. I'm just going to tie it back to the, the title of this whole event that we're doing, how to leverage a podcast for B2B business development. When you're conducting an effective interview, you're building a relationship, you're earning their respect. And somehow that should tie back to your strategy. And if your part of your strategy is to leverage your podcast for business development, then an effective interview is an important part of that. Yeah. All right. Next topic is editing. I don't think, Lee, that we, we should spend a lot of time on this, just a, a few minutes, because I think we'd be remiss if we didn't at least touch on it. And I'm going to ask you to go first because you, with your radio background and your DJing background, you know, you can run circles around me and then some on editing. So why don't you open this one up? Well, you know, my, my first thought was that the amount of editing is directly proportional to the amount of preparation. That's if you have an interview or conversation podcast. It doesn't necessarily apply if you have, you know, a narrative podcast or a story where you have to add in extra segments that you may have recorded different times or sound effects, or if you have a, a storyboard to follow. In that case, I mean, that's the, the editing is the star of the podcast in those cases. But if it's conversational, which is what most B2B podcasts are going to be, I would still say that the editing is proportional to the preparation. If you prepare well, you can have a natural conversation. And for me, what I tell my clients, the goal is to allow your audience to be a fly on the wall of two experts talking, which doesn't require editing. Yeah. The only thing that I'm going to say about editing, though, is that what I edit out mostly or what I edit because I'm the one that does the editing. I'm going to speak to the My Midlife of Phil podcast because the Digitally Resistible podcast is edited by a team that, you know, is part of our team. Midlife of Phil, I do the, the editing myself. And what I do there, Lee, is I, what I edit out is gaps in the audio that are more than about a, a second and a half long, right? If you get the two, three second gaps, I'm going to edit that down to about a half a second. Now, I, and I want to explain that. When we have a conversation, when humans have a conversation, there's always some pause in, in that conversation, right? Conversation in real life is not back-to-back-to-back -back -back sentences that have no pause in between. That's not reality. Yet, a lot of podcasts insist on editing the content so that the string of the conversation is nonstop with no pause in between sentences. Sometimes, Lee, no pause even between one thought bridging to a totally different thought. It just kind of <laughs> like strings it all together. Well, yeah. You, you know what I mean? I've got and it. I've got to so make a comment here. Well, go ahead. The finish. That's, to me, that's the, where I pay attention to the editing. I want it to be, I want the listener, by the way, I always refer to the listener in singular because one person at a time is listening, right? Even, even if you have a million people, it's one person at a time. It's, uh, it's rare that you have a bunch of people sitting around like some speaker listening to a, a, a podcast. But anyway, I digress. I, what I want the listener to feel is like that it's a natural conversation. Yes, I want it to be a little tight because I don't want to waste their time either. And like I said, in these long pauses, but I don't want it to be overly tight. And then it feels like an unnatural conversation. Go ahead, Lee. Yeah, let me tell you a really quick story on that that, that may bring this home as well. So, of course... Content Master, we edit a lot of podcasts, I and mean, that's part of what we do. And I hire, we have several audio engineers, and I have to train them. And me being, you know, 20, 30 years in audio, I'm typically the one who does the most training. But what you said is exactly true. In fact, we've found that wherever we get our producers from, whatever their, their background is, changes how they edit. And we've learned when we get someone from a couple of our top engineers or radio people who've done radio and radio commercials, they tend to always edit stuff too, too close, like you mentioned, without, without gaps. And so I always tell them these two things. I said, first of all, imagine if you were editing a speech from Barack Obama and took out all the gaps. <laughs> all the power is gone from that speech because it's those pregnant pauses that gives it power. Second of all, if someone asks someone else, what's the meaning of life? 
if that person doesn't pause a second before they answer that question, then it, there's no authentic answer you can give to a question that big without thinking about it first. So like you said, there has to be, a, there's a feel to the editing. We have a preset, I wouldn't say, a, yeah, a preset to where, you know, our producers know we have what's called a podcast spacing preset. And basically we go through the whole podcast and find the spaces, but we have it set. So it only comes down to a certain amount of tightness. It doesn't come so tight to where you ask for meaning, meaning of life and they go, it's this, yeah, that would sound horrible. So yes, you're right. There's a lot of thought that puts into the, goes into the editing and we do edit a lot of pod. I mean, we edit all our podcasts for that matter. I think what I meant earlier about not editing is because I don't edit mine because maybe because I have a radio history and I'm used to being live. So we don't have those pauses like that, but yeah, for our, for our clients, yes, there are pauses, there are gaps, there are coughs, sneezes, things that shouldn't be in there, air conditions running, all those things we do edit out and clean up. So depending on, you know, how your show, how your outcome you plan for it to be, then yeah, you do need to have some editing and the preparation doesn't just mean preparation in terms of scripting or planning what you're going to say. It means preparation in terms of how, how your environment's going to sound, the microphone you use. Uh, all those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. And how does, how does editing even tie to leveraging a podcast for B2B business development? I mean, I think there's a few ways, but I think the biggest way, just in the interest of time, because I want, I want to make sure we have enough time to get to the promotion topic, because that's a big one. But having a quality podcast with, with you know, good editing, I mean, I didn't even talk about the fact that, you know, I've got music in my podcast, you know, so it's, it feels like it's professionally produced so that the experience is a good experience. If you want to attract, you know, guests that you want to interview, if you want to give people that come on your podcast, just a good experience, you want it to be something you can use for business development, then, you know, editing is part of that process is so that you're producing a quality product is really what it comes down to. And I have one last thing on, on the editing part too. I presented um, some research in a presentation I did early last spring. And basically the research showed that a person's authority and education level was judged by the quality of their audio. They did a research where they had two professors give their dissertation of some research they did. Those, those are the right words. Um, they gave the research and one of them they had, well, they had them first give it with a studio quality microphone and, and very good quality audio. And the other, they had it sound more like a telephone or a Skype sound, low quality. And then they surveyed the people to ask them who had the most reputable research, who had the best information, who was the smartest, who presented the best. And every single time those with better audio came out to be more believable, more authority, um, more trustworthy than those without. They did the same study in a courtroom situation. Those who sounded better were trusted more. So take that as you will and put it in a business environment and think about how you as a business person sound, whether it's, whether it's a Zoom call or Teams or a podcast, your audio makes a big difference on how you're perceived. Exactly. And I don't know about you, Lee, but I listen to a lot of podcasts, yours included. I've already mentioned, you know, just two you mentioned that I've, I've two episodes you've mentioned that I've, I've heard, uh, including Guy Kawasaki. So I, all these podcasts I listen to, you know, I, I, I'm judging the quality of those podcasts as yeah. I'm listening to them. And I have to tell you, some of them really blow me away where I go, wow, I aspire to be, you know, that great. And then there's others, some of which have been around for quite a while, where I, I just say to myself, I never say it out loud to anybody <laughs> or in public. I just say, hmm, that, that could be better, you know, because yeah. I'm, I'm listening and sort of watching, so to speak, I'm using air quotes around watching, but, you know, watching for those elements that, you know, I'm in touch with because of my experience, your experience as a podcaster. Yep. All right. You want to move to the big topic? We could easily spend a an hour just on this topic here, which is how to promote a podcast. And so I'm going to kick it off with a very basic one, Lee, and it's so basic that I think sometimes it's overlooked. Uh, and since you and I are experienced podcasters, you know, we can be tempted to overlook this because we're doing this already. And that is to be consistent, meaning in, uh, in the case of the digitally irresistible podcast, we publish on Thursdays, every Thursday, consistently every Thursday. 
Midlife Fulfilled Podcast publishes every Monday at 1 a.m. Eastern, right? So start with that. Just have a consistent publishing schedule so that you train those who are already actively subscribing and listening to your podcast. They know just like watching Cheers at 9 p.m. on Thursday evening, I'm dating myself, right? (laughs) (laughs) Was part of my life, you know, way back when, when Cheers was on at 9 p.m. on Thursday evenings, right? Like you want that sort of mindset with your podcast. Would you agree? I would definitely agree. And and to to add on to what you said about a regular publishing schedule, I want to make sure we clarify that doesn't have to mean a regular recording schedule. It means a regular publishing schedule. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You can, uh, in fact, slightly off topic here, but if you're launching a podcast, meaning, you know, you're attending this event today, you don't have a podcast, but you're thinking about launching a podcast, uh, record 10 episodes before you publish, you know, and then you've got those 10 episodes ready to go. And then um, you've got a little bit of pressure off of you because you've got 10 episodes recorded and then you can just schedule them and then start keep recording so that you keep your pipeline full. Like right now on uh, Midlife Fulfilled, I'm recorded out through January 2023 and with today's November, November 15th, you know, so to your point, Lee, you know, record whatever frequency you want to record, but publish with a consistent frequency. If it's twice a month, it's twice a month. Whatever you choose to be, just train your audience to, to, to be available on a given day. It doesn't have to be a specific time, but on a given day. Yeah. And plan for the the gaps. Yeah. Weekly is good. I mean, I'll I'll tell you though, from we right now we're running a little over 20 podcasts, all businesses and weekly is a weekly is a tough haul for most businesses. Most of our clients do biweekly, but, and even those, you know, we allow them to not have a biweekly production schedule. I mean, for example, one client they're launching this week, we did a trailer in seven episodes in the past week. They haven't even launched yet. So to what you said a moment ago, it's good to batch because they want to be it's something we always say to always be available during the holidays. That's when the road trips and the flights happen, the time at home, you don't want to be missing in the podcast world during the holidays. So for us, our busy production season, typically it's the beginning of Q4 because we're batching for all of our cl- clients who are, don't want to get missing until January. Right. Right. Makes sense. Okay. The next promotion tip, that I'm going to mention here, Lee, is to, and this is also pretty basic as well, is to make sure that your content is distributed to all the podcast players that are out there. Sometimes they're known as pod players, right? And the easy way to do that is to use a podcast hosting platform that does that auto magically for you so that all you do is upload your podcast to that hosting platform and that hosting platform when you click the little publish button pushes it out and it's and it's available everywhere everywhere meaning wherever people listen to podcasts so in other words make it easy make it accessible to everyone and you know don't restrict especially the major major pod podcast players and we can name them right there's apple there's spotify there's stitcher there's overcast there's Google, although does anybody really listen to podcasts on Google? <laughs> uh, well, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because Google results, Google podcasts show up in search results. So and I, I'm, not, I'm not an Android user. It may actually come have a, a built in app. I don't know. I'm not an Android user, but I do know that you definitely want to be on Google podcast because then if you search for a podcast, but you can, I'm going to be a little bit meta and tested here. If you'd search the business of marketing and Lee Judge, you'll see not only uh, the podcast, you'll see actually you can play the podcast in the search results, but that's only because it's on Google Podcast. Right, right, right. Yeah, the reason I made the, my little snide comment is because, I mean, I, I have my podcast distributed, both the i podcast and my Midlife Fulfill podcast distributed to Google, but I just don't see any um, metrics there. That's why I said, does yeah. anybody really listen on Google, you know? All my metrics are on Apple, Spotify, and Overcast, you know, and there's yeah. a few others. There's a and that's the result of zero click. I mean, if they listen on the browser, you may never know it happened. So yeah, it's one of those things. Right, right, right. right. The next promotion um, 
tip is also fairly basic as well. Uh, and so this is the third one, starting with the fourth one, we get a little bit beyond basic. But the third one is just obviously leverage social media. And one of the many ways to leverage social media is to create uh, little snippets, you know, like excerpt from a podcast. And there's a few tools that are out there. Some of those tools are built into a podcast hosting platform where they actually let you do it within the podcasting platform. And then there are standalone um, tools. The one that I've used, Lee, is called headliner.app, headliner.app. And even though .app is in the name, I don't even think it's mobile. I think it's desktop only because that's the only place I've used it. I, I should should say that you can actually um, deploy it from, from mobile. But I think all the production that I've ever done is on, mm -hmm. on desktop. And they have a free version and they have a, a premium version. Free version's actually quite generous. I think it's like five, maybe even 10 snippets that you can create per month before they, you know, you've hit the limit on free. Um, but, you know, it's easy to use. You can upload an image. You select the clip, the audio clip, and then it creates an MP4 file. And then obviously just share that across social media. Any other tips on social media promotion? Uh, yeah. So using apps like that and, and many others, we always send our guests and also we do this for our clients as well. We encourage them to make a, what we call a content pack. So basically if you're on my podcast about a week later or whenever the release happens, you'll get an email from us that has, uh, Hey Bernie, here's, you know, two audiograms, you know, some, some tweets, you know, some content for you to post. It serves two reasons. Of course it helps promote the podcast, but as we said earlier, the focus is on the guest. So it gives you content about yourself that you had, didn't have to make yourself. So if it's a soundbite of you being a genius, now you have a soundbite of that to share on your social that you didn't have to create yourself. So I make sure that for my guests, they get rewarded with, with content to help promote themselves, really. Yep, exactly. Make it easy for them. Yep. The other thing that I like to do uh, on social media is I like to go live with the guest after the, the episode has been published. So I know you and I had kind of a false start on that. So I do want to revisit that. Um, but I've been doing that on Instagram live. Um, Brian, I think Brian is still with us, Brian Piper, because he was also uh, victimized by me on the Midlife Fulfill podcast <laughs> <laughs> way back on episode seven. Uh, we, we did a live. So by going live on Instagram, or if you can do it on, on LinkedIn live, and then, you know, there you're kind of talking about the episode, you're constantly reinforcing the episode, sort of telling the people in the audience who probably in, in for the most part are not necessarily listeners of your podcast. So you're really you're promoting it, right? You're making them aware. Not only do you have that podcast, but about this particular episode, this particular story about it and encouraging people to go check it out. So that's another thing that I like to do around social media promotion. Yeah, actually, I've got a, a quick list that I have for this. So I'll just kind of run through them. We mentioned some of them. Um, provide guests with a content pack, create micro content, like you said earlier, to socialize. Um, Give more attention to your guests than to yourself because then they will be happy and they'll go and talk about they were on this podcast. Um, yep. a, appear on other podcasts, show up on other podcasts. And when they say, hey, well, tell us, you know, how can we find you and what are you working on? Then, of course, you mentioned your podcast. Um, something I noticed you did well, Bernie, was ask for Apple reviews. Just say, go and, you know, give me a review on the podcast. That's something you should do. Um, also, creating video. I mean, even if you don't intend to, create a video podcast, turn the camera on and capture the video. Um, that way you have snippets of video that you can share on the channels that love video, YouTube shorts, Instagram, TikTok. You have the video, even if it's only for a couple of questions that you asked, you can use that to promote your podcast, even if it isn't in video form. Um, then there's little things like, you know, add it to your email signature. Make sure you have your SEO for the podcast done. When I say SEO for podcast, I mean the text within the podcast. The title should be SEO friendly. The description should be SEO friendly with your keywords so that when people go to pod, to uh, Apple or, or Spotify and search for your topic, if it's going to be, you know, um, space engineering, then hopefully you have those words in your titles or in your description so that your space engineering podcast comes up. Um, and then finally, a newsletter. I mean, if you have a newsletter you're sending out, we have one client 
who about um, 10 episodes in, we were reviewing their stats for them and said, hey, there's a big spike right here. What happened right here that you haven't been doing? They said, oh, we finally put our newsletter out and mentioned the podcast. I was like, okay, that mm-hmm. should have been, should have been day one. But when they did it, there was a spike in their, in their, not only their listenership, but their traffic to their website, which of course we're business people. That was the goal was to drive traffic. And so the newsletter told them about the, it gave them content for the newsletter and then it drove them to the podcast, which brought them back to the website as well. So uh, I think that's one of the best things if you have a database is your newsletter. Totally agree. Totally agree. Those are great points. You covered a, a few things that were on my list. So there's one that you said that I actually want to come back to it, Lee, and I want to expand on it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that is uh, guesting on other podcasts. And I'm going to reframe that a little bit in the context of networking with other podcasters. Just like any other aspect of networking, right? What's networking about? Building relationships. And so just building relationships with other podcasters can be so uh, beneficial in so many different ways. Certainly one of them could be, you know, guesting, meaning you get invited to be a guest on their podcast, or if they're networking with other podcasters, which often is the case, they might recommend you. They, They might say, hey, Lee, you'd be a really good guest for this podcast over here. I know that host. I'll make the introduction that kind of thing, right? And I think just the other the other thing about relationship building is just learning from each other. I mean, I've had conversations with other podcasters where at the end of the conversation, I learned something from that individual and then that individual said that they learned something from me. And so, you know, talk about win-win, right? We just learn from each other by just having a conversation and, you know, just kind of talking about what we're doing, uh, you know, as podcasters. So I think just networking with other podcasters and Lee, I'm going to make one more point on this. I've experimented with this and I can't really say that I've had any measurable emphasis on measurable success with it. Although I've I've barely dipped my pinky toe in the water with this, but uh, I think I've done this twice now where I've actually swapped uh, ads or spots on each other's podcast. So here's the way it would work. I would record an introduction that you would put on the beginning of your podcast show. And so when someone clicks that episode, they hear my voice and I say, hey, I'm Bernie Borges, host of the Midlife Fulfilled Podcast. Welcome to this episode of the Business of Marketing Podcast hosted by A. Lee Judge. Check out the Midlife Fulfilled Podcast. Check out episode, you know, whatever, whatever. In fact, you know, where Lee told his story. And now let's get to this week's episode of the Business of Marketing Podcast with your amazing host, Ailey Judge. And that's at the front end, <laughs> right? And then you record the same thing. And I put that at the front end of my podcast where you're doing the same thing. You're doing a little plug for your podcast and you're introducing me. I've just experimented with that a little bit. And I just, I think I want to experiment a little bit more just to see if there's any, any play there. What do you think? I like the idea. I'm recording now, so I might actually just use what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> Let me clean that up a little bit. Let me clean that up. Oh, I can, I can edit it. I can, I can edit it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a really good idea, Bernie. I like that. One other idea, and it's something that I have a podcasting friend, Adam Shibley. So this is his idea. I want to give him the credit for it. And that's having Zoom parties. So I'm actually going to be scheduling a Zoom party on the Midlife Fulfill podcast. So I'm going to bring together about 25 people. And uh, I'm going to have a little bit of an agenda on the front end. You know, kind of talk to a couple of topics and then open it up for everybody, ask some question that they can all respond to, give them a chance to kind of network with each other. And at the end, just kind of promote something, whatever it is they want to promote, you know, go for about an hour like we're doing here and just give people a chance to just kind of, you know, commune with each other. So that's another one. Great. There's one more. I'm watching our time here. There's one more. You mentioned the newsletter. Actually, there's two more. A website. So yeah. depending on like Digitally Irresistible is a podcast hosted by i So we're publishing the show notes as a blog post on the i website. But my podcast, I have a dedicated website for the Midlife Fulfilled podcast. And of course, it's midlifefulfilled.com, right? So regardless of how you do it, having a website where you can publish, quote unquote, show notes as a blog is just a great way to make your content available. And obviously there's tons of SEO value in doing that. 
Yeah, I would say it's an absolute must to have the website and a, and a blog roll of your podcast on your website. Suppose you were to just send all your podcasts to your homepage. Well, if you have a regular listener, they're going to assume it's just going to the homepage anyway, so don't bother. But if every episode points to that episode, or at least to the blog roll, I've followed traffic through my website where people would listen to one podcast click a link from LinkedIn or from inside the podcast link somewhere in the in Apple or whatever, get to the website. They land on the, the blog roll for the podcast and they listen to more than one episode while they're there. So, yep. you know, you definitely want to, I mean, we're again, it's B2B, right? So you want to drive traffic. You want to help yourself measure your podcast success, improve a business value to that. So driving that web traffic is part of the key. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay, so the last one I want to mention, Lee, is one that may or may not surprise you, and that is advertising your podcast. And um, there's probably several different sites, and I don't claim expertise on all of them, but I'm going to mention one, and I'm going to tell you I have no financial interest. I actually wish I had an affiliate link that I could tell you that I had, but I don't. But I'm going to mention this one platform that, that's making a very good impression on me. Maybe you know it, Lee. It's called audiogo.com. Let me tell you what I like about audiogo.com. First of all, it's entirely self-serve. So you go there, you create an account, you upload an episode, you upload the images, you upload uh, either a pre-recorded 30-second uh, ad that you've recorded yourself or someone recorded for you, or for an additional, I think it's 10 bucks, you can upload a script and then they'll have a voiceover actor record the ad for you. You can select the targeting, you know, the geo, if you want to select geo, the demographics, the interests, you can select the time of day by day of the week. And of course, select your budget with a minimum of $250, which is reasonable. So you don't have to, you know, dip your toe in the water with a lot of, a lot of budget and then click schedule and away it goes. And and then they, they spread that across different websites. And so, you know, full disclosure, I'm just starting to test it. So I can't speak to results, but I have to tell you, getting it started has been a good experience. I wish I had an affiliate link. I don't. (laughs) So I'm just sharing this because I'm pretty impressed. It's audiogo.com. All right. If I um, look at our agenda here, the last thing that we can just come in real quickly is how to bridge from you're interviewing a guest to turning them into a prospective client. And this is also the topic of a lengthy conversation. In fact, Lee, I've spoken twice on this topic alone, Mm -hmm. uh, once at content marketing world and once at inbound on just this topic. So I've done a 45 minute presentation on just this topic alone. Like how do you actually generate leads from a uh, podcast? And I'm going to simplify it in the interest of time. Now you have 45 seconds. (laughs) <laughs> I know. I know. And that is just build relationships with the people that you interview. Just build relationships and then, you know, work those relationships the way you work any relationships. And I'll leave it at that simple concept and Lee invite your comment before we close it out. Same thing. It's relationships and becoming that trusted advisor. So whether they're listening to your podcast or whether they're on your podcast, work on the relationship, become a trusted advisor. The business will happen if you gain that trust and you have that relationship. Yep, exactly. Exactly. And I do see uh, a question here from um, uh, John Paul Maines. What do you think about live stream using services like StreamYard with live streams? StreamYard's great. Uh, I use StreamYard for digitally resistible, but we use it to record. If you want to use it to live stream your podcast, you know, there's always the risk of when it's live, it's live. <laughs> so if you want to do that, go for it. Um, but it's a different approach to podcasting. I'm not saying there's any right or wrong by any means, John Paul. I'm not saying that at all. Just saying that, you know, you've just got a different, sort of a different approach when you're live streaming it. Lee, anything to add to that? Yeah. So I always approach this with audio first versus video first. Um, StreamYard is great for live video. It's great for live switching between people and video. It is not good for audio quality. So if you're going to produce a podcast, you're going to send the audio uh, to people who are listening to or expecting an audio podcast, your quality won't be as good. When you talk over each other, it's going to sound muddy. It just won't sound as good. 
For video though, even there, if you do, it, it's good for live. It's, it, that's what the tool is for. People often take that, that experience and record it and put it on YouTube. In my opinion, still not a good experience in terms of pre-recorded because you lose screen space, all the background and stuff, but it is great for what it's for. It's for live. Yep. Well, Lee, I'm going to do some quick math here to close this out. So the quick math is that 80% of the people who were with us at the top of the hour at 5 p.m. Eastern are still with us. And I want to, I want to thank them and, and just, just thank them for being here. I hope that uh, this has been useful to uh, the 80% of you that are still with us. Uh, thank you for questions and some comments. And uh, I just hope that you got something from it. You know, please check us out, check out Lee's uh, business of marketing podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an awesome podcast. I'm a big fan of it. I listen to just about every episode and then check out, if you're into customer service, check out digitally irresistible. And if you are over the age of 30, yes, over the age of 30, check out my Midlife Fulfilled uh, podcast. And uh, on that note, Lee, Lee, anything you want to close out with? No, just thank you all for listening. Um, You know, reach out to us if you're interested in podcasts and you want to learn more or do more. Of course, that's what my company is built on, is built on creating quality audio and video content for businesses. I'm a marketer first, but I'm also an audio video fanatic. So Uh, If you need any help there, just advice, just uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn and let's have a conversation. That was a great conversation that Bernie Borges and I had on LinkedIn audio. We had some very interesting feedback from people while we were on and even after on LinkedIn. And Bernie is still here with me now to wrap things up. So Bernie, what were your main takeaways from our conversation? That was a great conversation, Lee. I really enjoyed it. In fact, the hour flew by. So a couple of takeaways. First of all, we covered a lot in one hour. I mean, we, we had a little agenda that we, we came to, to the event with, right? We wanted to talk about podcasting formats and recruiting and interviewing techniques and editing and how to promote a podcast. I think we spent a lot of time on promoting a podcast, but I was just amazed that we, we got through all of that in one hour. And I was really impressed that at the end of the hourly, 80% of the people that started with us at the beginning of the hour were still with us at the end of the hour. And to me, that says that we delivered value. And as you said, we heard from several people after the event that they really, really enjoyed it. So that's my takeaway. But but I do have one favorite takeaway from, from the live event. Okay. And that is what was it? Uh, something you shared. You shared that your favorite experience, if you will, was when Seth Godin, uh, one of your guests on the Business of Marketing podcast paid you the compliment when he said, hey, no one's ever asked me that question before. That was a that was one of my favorite moments for me during the live audio event. How about you? Well, my favorite was actually one of your tips when you talked about cross promoting your podcast and actually doing a, a preview and going into your podcast, letting your guest or someone else who has a podcast introduce themselves in their podcast as a lead into, and now you're going to listen to this podcast, kind of give a cross promotion and introduce the audience to a new audience. So especially people who have, I guess, a relationship like you and I do, we both have podcasts, our audience, they don't conflict with each other. They're both people could have both interests yet from a business standpoint, they don't conflict with each other. So to have them, you know, we could go into each other's podcasts and say, by the way, this is Lee Judge from Business and Marketing Podcast. You're about to listen to a great podcast by Bernie Borges called Midlife Fulfilled. I enjoy it. I hope you'll enjoy it too. That kind of thing's what you kind of, I guess, implied. And I love that idea. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. It's, uh, it's, it's an interesting, interesting little tactic and one that I've only experimented with and I want to continue to experiment with it. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed that, that tip. So overall, I, I enjoyed the event. Uh, again, we got great feedback. I really am confident we delivered value and I, I think it, uh, it turned out great. Great. Well, before we wrap up though, I want to know if you could share with uh, the audience one of your favorite episodes from your podcast, Midlife Fulfilled. Sure. Okay, Lisa, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm, I, I'm actually going to offer two because one of them is yours. You were on episode 39 And I don't want to give your listeners the exact details of what we discussed. 
on the Midlife Fulfilled podcast. But let me just tell you, listener, that when you listen to episode 39 of the Midlife Fulfilled podcast, you're going to learn something about Lee, your host of the Business of Marketing podcast that you probably didn't know about. And I think you're going to, in fact, I know you're going to enjoy it. So go listen to episode 39, but also a few episodes back, episode 33, I featured an interview with Dan Pink and we talked about his book, The Power of Regret. Awesome book. We had an awesome conversation. So those are two episodes on the Midlife Fulfilled podcast that I would recommend folks listen to. All right. All right. Well, you know, I'm going to cheat too. I'm going to give two of mine as well, which is really hard. We talked about earlier about how hard it is to pick our favorite podcast episodes out of the many we've done. But since we're our audience today is about B2B podcasting, we did have I have one where I spoke with Jay Bear about podcasting and about content marketing. And so that episode with Jay Bear is is really good in terms of learning about content marketing in the context of podcasting. So that would be the one I would name. Actually, I'll just leave it at that one as one of my favorite episodes out of the many that I love uh, with all the guests we've had in the business of marketing. Fantastic. And I, I did listen to that one. So I, I agree. Well, Lee, thank you so much. I really enjoyed delivering the, that LinkedIn audio event with you. And uh, I think we should do it again sometime because I think the first one was very successful and I think we've got a built in audience for it. So thanks again, Bernie. It's been a great conversation that we had on LinkedIn audio. Uh, it was kind of a new format for us, but it, it worked really well. We gave a lot of value. So uh, for those of you, whether you heard us on LinkedIn, whether you're listening to this on the Business of Marketing podcast, be sure to follow Bernie Borges on LinkedIn. Follow me on LinkedIn. You can find us both there. And thanks again for listening to the Business of Marketing podcast. Thank you for listening to the Business of Marketing podcast, a show brought to you by ContentMonster.com, the producer of B2B digital marketing content. Show notes can be found on ContentMonster.com as well as aleejudge.com. To continue the conversation, be sure to follow the podcast on your favorite podcast platform.